0: Welcome back to Certain Comfort in Uncertain Times, a look at the Book of Revelation that we're filming during the COVID-19 crisis in 2020. But as I've mentioned the past few weeks, we're also uh, in the middle of the 2020 presidential election season. Uh, We're filming this in mid to late September. Uh, Just last week, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away. And one of the rumored uh, frontrunners for President Trump's nomination for the Supreme Court is Amy Coney Barrett. And there was uh, some concern as the, the press, the media, started to discuss her uh, about a, a quote that was attributed to her at some point. Where she said uh, that we should always remember that a legal career is but a means to an end. And that end is building the kingdom of God. And there was a lot of concern over that quote from people who were non-religious that this was a sign that she was uh, some kind of religious zealot. And I don't want to comment on the, the, the politics of any of this, obviously. Uh, but there was one response to this uh, concern that I liked. And that came from uh, a priest and an author, Tish Harrison Morin, who, uh, quote, tweeted a story about this and said, if you think that's crazy... I think waking up, making your bed, brushing your teeth, sitting in traffic, failure, success, eating leftovers, relationships, all work, pleasure, suffering, and sleeping at night are but a means to an end, and that end is building the kingdom of God. And she's pointing out uh, what those of us who follow Christ know, that ultimately the culmination of all things, what we are yearning for, is for the kingdom to come. Jesus even told us to pray that in Matthew 6, verse 10, teaching us to pray, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that is what we see as we come to the end of Revelation 11 today. We see the kingdom come as the seventh trumpet is blown. And once again, as we saw in the seal judgments, the end of all of creation comes uh, so that new creation can be brought forth and so we are going to just look at a handful of verses today uh, this might be one of the shorter versions of the podcast as so we're just going to look at a, a uh, four quick points that we see here at the end of Re- revelation 11 and so follow along if you have your bible open as i read revelation 11 verses 15 through 19. The seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. The twenty-four elders who were seated before God on their thrones fell face down and worshipped God, saying, We give you thanks, Lord God the Almighty, who is and who was because you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. The nations were angry, but your wrath has come. The time has come for the dead to be judged and to give the reward to your servants the prophets, to the saints, and to those who fear your name, both small and great. And the time has come to destroy those who destroy the earth. Then the temple of God in heaven was opened, and the ark of his covenant appeared in his temple. There were flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder, an earthquake and severe hail. As I've mentioned several times, uh, the series of judgments that we see in the book of Revelation uh, run concurrently. There are several different ways of explaining the same events. And so just as we saw in the sealed judgments. There was an uh, an interlude, and in, uh, after which the or be, before which the, the martyrs had cried out, "How long, O Lord and God, seals His people?" And then all of creation is undone that it might be recreated. So we see the same thing in the trumpet judgments, uh, as we saw with the the witnesses, God's people, uh, what He is doing with them. During these end times, during this period between the first coming of Christ and the second, and then culminating ultimately with his return to bring creation to its end, that he might recreate it anew. And so there's four aspects of the kingdom coming here in Revelation chapter 11 that I just want to quickly highlight. And the first of those is that when the kingdom comes, Jesus will reign. When the kingdom comes, Jesus will reign. In these trumpet judgments, as the end of the world comes, it comes with the assurance that all things are being brought to their designed end. All throughout this book, uh, the main overarching comfort for God's people in uncertain times has been that Jesus reigns. That even though we don't see him now, He is up seated at the right hand of his father, ruling all things, that he is sovereign, that he is in control, even though life seems so out of control, even though life seems so uncertain. And so even here in the seventh trumpet, uh, which brings about the end of the world, we are assured right off the bat that the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. We are assured that uh, even though life might seem as though no one's in control, all of the chaos that has accompanied COVID-19, um, all of the, the the job loss, the economic crisis, the health crisis, um, many of us are living uh, in a very turbulent situations. And it might seem that there's no one in control. It might seem that there's no one on the throne and yet we are assured that Jesus is coming to reign or of course throughout church history and for many Christians around the world even today uh, it is not that no one's reigning it's that uh, despots are reigning tyrants are reigning uh, that there are governments and and other peoples that are that are persecuting God's people and we are assured that even then, we have the assurance that Jesus will come and Jesus will reign. That the kingdom of the world will become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. That all of the earth, which has been given over uh, to the reign of the enemy, that has been given over to the reign of the nations, will once again be taken back by God uh, to rule over, And not only will it be taken back for him to rule, but he will rule forever and ever. His reign is the one that is permanent. The reigns that we live in, the little governments and kingdoms and uh, uh, all the, the people who, who rule over us, their rule is temporary. And even our rules, our little kingdoms that we set up. Are temporary but the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ is forever and ever our God is the one who will reign for all of eternity and so as the the end of the world comes this is the first statement that the kingdom is coming the end of the world is not just a time of despair of course as we'll see in just a little bit it might be a time of despair for some but for as much as we think of apocalyptic movies and apocalyptic books and all uh, setting a very grim uh, stage for us to to think forward to for the believer in jesus christ we have the comfort that the end of the world means the coming of the kingdom of christ that it is when the, the this world system ends, that his reign fully and finally begins. And so when the kingdom comes, Jesus will reign. Secondly, when the kingdom comes, Jesus will win. When the kingdom comes, Jesus will win. Verses 16 and 17, the 24 elders who were seated before God on their thrones fell face down and worshiped God, saying, we give you thanks, Lord God, the Almighty, who is and who was, because you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. You might notice in that song of praise, and again, we said uh, several weeks back that the songs are actually the interpretive key. To the book if you want to know what's happening in the book of, the, of revelation pay attention to the songs that are sung uh, because they function very much like the greek chorus uh, in in ancient greek plays informing the audience of what's happening helping them keep track of the plot uh, throughout the book and here they give thanks to lord god the almighty who is and who was And if you've been following along in this series or if you've read through the book of Revelation up to this point, you know that several times up to to this point that he has been described as the one who is, who was, and who is to come. But now he is described merely as the one who is and who was because he has come. The end of the world means the coming of the kingdom and the coming of the kingdom means the coming of, Of the king and he has come he is the one who is and who was because you have taken your great power and have begun to reign he has taken back what is rightfully his and so what we see here is a reminder that Jesus will win that the nations of the earth and the governments and the kingdoms that run them may resist his rule that we as individuals even in our own lives might resist his rule but ultimately jesus wins ultimately jesus is the one who has the final say he is the one who will take back control of his creation and so he is praised by the 24 elders because he has taken his great power he has begun to reign and again this is certain comfort for us in uncertain times whether we are engaged in spiritual warfare uh, fighting against temptation fighting against the enemy uh, fighting for our loved ones in prayer whatever it is that we are struggling with as we are engaged as paul said in ephesians 6 against principalities and powers or whether we are engaged in actual conflict uh, with the world system, or perhaps even around the world in actual warfare. We are reminded that ultimately Jesus is the one who comes and who wins. We are correct when we kind of throw around that old saying that we've read the end of the book and we win. Uh, we we know how the story ends. And so we are given the comfort that not only will Jesus reign, he will reign by winning. And this is the gospel story from the very beginning because if you've read the Bible, uh, especially from the beginning, uh, and you get to Genesis 3 and the fall of mankind, you have probably thought to yourself, well, why didn't God just blow up the whole thing and start over again? But no, from the very beginning, from the very first sin entering the world from the very first person rebelling against his authority God was determined not to just blow the whole thing up but to take back what was his to win back his creation and we see that here in verses 16 and 17 we will see it much more fully consummated later on in the book as we get lots more detail but even the songs here that are sung are very similar to the songs that we get at the end of the book. And so as creation comes to a close and the kingdom comes, Jesus wins back his creation. And so when the kingdom comes, Jesus will reign. When the kingdom comes, Jesus will win. Thirdly, when the kingdom comes, the nations will be judged. When the kingdom comes, the nations will be judged. The first half of verse 18 of Revelation 11, the nations were angry, but your wrath has come. The time has come for the dead to be judged. This is the the uncomfortable part of the storyline of scripture, of course, but Revelation does not shy away from it. That when Jesus comes, all those who still stand opposed to him will be defeated. And this is, This is the answer to the cry that we saw earlier in the book. How long, O Lord, until you avenge our blood? This is Jesus come back, uh, not merely uh, in wrath, but wrath that is mixed with love for his creation and for his people. And this is final wrath. Every time that word wrath is used in Revelation, it's referring to, to final judgment and final wrath. This is the end of creation. Uh, this isn't a precursor to the next set of judgments, which follow after, but rather this is, as we saw with the seventh seal, the seventh trumpet is the end of creation. and Jesus has come back to reign and as part of his victory, all those who are his enemies, all those whom he has defeated will be judged. And again, this isn't necessarily a warning for the unbeliever because the audience of this book is the believer. And so this is supposed to be comfort for the believer. And it's the comfort that Jesus is coming to put all things right. And all of those things that we see go wrong on this earth. Just recently as we're recording this, uh, the police officers who killed Breonna Taylor were acquitted of her murder and citizens cried out for justice and similarly, we see police officers officers at some of the protests around the country similarly being killed and people cry for justice. We see corporations take advantage of of workers and consumers and people and we cry out for justice. We cry out for the world to be put right. As we're recording this, the Netflix movie Cuties uh, has recently come out. And has started a needed conversation about the sexual exploitation of children. And when we think about that topic, we should cry out for justice. We should cry out for all of the, the wrong that has been done against people to be put right. And that is what happens when the kingdom comes and the nations are judged. All those things are being put right. Justice comes. The creator of the universe is coming to wipe away every tear from our eye. He is coming to put right what we have done wrong. And so when the kingdom comes, the nations will be judged. God's wrath will be poured out upon sin so that his creation might be restored. And finally, when the kingdom comes, the saints will be rewarded. When the kingdom comes, the saints will be rewarded the second half of verse 18 and verse 19, the time has come not only for the dead to be judged, but to give the reward to your servants, the prophets, to the saints, and to those who fear your name, both small and great. And the time has come to destroy those who destroy the earth. Then the temple of God in heaven was opened and the ark of his covenant appeared in his temple. There were flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder, an earthquake, and severe hail. As creation comes to its end here in Revelation 11, we are reminded again of a constant theme throughout Scripture that God is no respecter of persons. God is no respecter of persons. We live currently in a world that is very much a respecter of persons. There are different standards of justice depending on who you are. Even within the church, going back to the early church, that's why James had to remind his readers not to give preferential treatment to the wealthy because that is built into us in our sinful nature as people. We are a respecter of persons. We give preferential treatment to the rich and to the powerful. But God is not a respecter of persons. His rewards are not given to the wealthy or the powerful or the great. They are not given. Uh, withheld from the poor and the powerless, Uh, but they are also not given uh, out of merit or out of being earned. Rather, the rewards are given to the prophets, to the saints, and to those who fear your name, both small and great. The, The standard for earning these rewards is not earning in your own merit, but earning through Christ's merit. By placing faith in Jesus Christ, so it's those who fear His name, both small and great. It doesn't matter if you're wealthy and powerless, or poor, wealthy and powerful, or poor and powerless. The reward comes by fearing God's name, and we see what that reward is. And this is important for us to understand, especially in uncertain times, because we are so often uh, tempted. To mistake these rewards because on the one hand we have uh, prosperity gospel preachers who make the rewards all about this life and this earth and all materialistic rewards wealth and health riches and promotions at work and and things that we can touch and lay hold of here in this life but then we can swing too far the other way and make the rewards So spiritual that we're really no different than the early Gnostics who said the physical was bad. And we make the rewards things that really do any of us really want. We depict heaven so often as we're just floating around on clouds, strumming harps, disembodied. We're just spirits or angels. And yet what we see here is what the reward is. And the reward very much is what we lost in the first place. As we've said throughout the book, God is bringing about at the end of Revelation what was lost in Genesis chapter 3. He is recreating. He is giving us back creation. And not only giving us back what Adam and Eve lost, but giving us back what Adam and Eve could have achieved through obedience. He is giving us a, a perfected earth, perfected bodies. He is giving us a new creation. And you see that towards the end of verse 18, where he says the time has come to destroy those who destroy the earth. And yes, this is talking about more than mere environmentalism, but it's not talking about less than environmentalism either. God gave the earth to mankind to steward, and we have not stewarded it. We have in our sin, but not merely by our sin, destroyed the earth sin of course has ravaged creation but then in our sin we often add to the damage and destroy the very earth that god has given us to care for and god is not neutral about his creation and although we as human beings are the pinnacle of his creation we are created in his image we are bought with his blood god also cares about all the things that he created. And so to destroy his creation is an attack on its creator. And we see that when it's a time to come to destroy those who destroy the earth. But then going into verse 19, the temple of God in heaven was opened and the ark of his covenant appeared in his temple. And we said uh, over the, the past couple of weeks that uh, references to the temple in Revelation are most likely not literal. Uh, They are references to uh, creation itself as a temple and especially believers as a temple. And we know here that the Ark of His Covenant is not meant to be literal. And we know that because of Scripture, Jeremiah chapter 3, verses 14 through 17 says, Return, you faithless children. This is the Lord's declaration. For I am your master and I will take you, one from a city and two from a family. And I will bring you to Zion. I will give you shepherds who are loyal to me and they will shepherd you with knowledge and skill. When you multiply and increase in the land in those days, this is the Lord's declaration. No one will say again the ark of the Lord's covenant. It will never come to mind and no one will remember or miss it. Another one will not be made. At that time, Jerusalem will be called the Lord's throne and all the nations will be gathered to it. To the name of the Lord in Jerusalem, they will cease to follow the stubbornness of their evil hearts. And what we see in Revelation is the culmination of what we see in Jeremiah chapter 3. Jerusalem will be called the Lord's throne. The kingdom has come, and there's no need for an ark because the Lord himself has come to dwell in his living temple of his creation. And so, uh, there are two things I think that this reference to the Ark is trying to communicate to us. And that the first one is that God's presence is coming. God's presence is going to dwell on the earth. That when the kingdom comes, the king comes too. But then also, as we've said, the seal judgments were a reference back to the creation story. The trumpet judgments are a reference back to the Exodus story. It's a retelling of the Exodus story. And so what you see with the reference to the ark, I think, is a reference to Joshua conquering the land. As the ark went before God's people as they inhabited the promised land. And of course, they never fully did that. They never fully laid hold of what they had been promised. And so I think what we see here is a reference to the time where God's people get the promised land. We get uh, fully his promise rest, his promised land. It is a real physical place. And that's why we should not cheapen our reward by making it about the prosperity gospel and making it things that we can lay hold of here and now. But we also shouldn't cheapen it by making it all spiritual reward as though we just float around in heaven for all of eternity. What Revelation 11 reminds us is that God is giving us back creation. That is why he is putting all things right, so that his people can dwell in the land that he has created for them. And so when the kingdom comes, Jesus will reign. When the kingdom comes, Jesus will win. When the kingdom comes, the nations will be judged. But when the kingdom comes, the saints will be rewarded. He is preparing for us something far greater than we could ever imagine. Far greater than anything we see now in this sin-marred world. When his wrath is poured out on sin to purge this world of it, that we might be given back a new creation. And that's what you see at the end of verse 19. There were flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder, an earthquake and severe hail. Almost word for word, the same series of events that we see at the end of the sealed judgments. Creation has come to its end, but behold, the kingdom has come. Thank you for joining us today as we finished up Revelation 11 and we will begin in Revelation 12 next time.